Good evening, good morning, and good day to anyone tuning into our wonderful podcast, The Artwire by Gold Extra. And it's another Reefs special. It's the fourth edition, as far as I can tell. And we have today a very special guest, the one and only Marta Fijak. Almost perfect. Marta Fiak. Nice to meet you. It's not an easy one. I heard many versions. Marta Fijak is the most common one. So that's perfectly fine. Nice to meet you. Marta York to pronounce things properly for the last three episodes. Yes. And I'm very yeah. proud of him at this moment. <laughs> exactly. Like I, I need like one word to fail in pronunciation every podcast, you know. You still can't get my name right. Putzankov. So. No, no, no. <laughs> no? Okay, I, I just refuse to pronounce it properly. I think it sounds so charming when I pronounce it Austrian anyway. Anyway, enough of you Butankov, to say it very Austrian. Uh, back again to uh, Fidjak. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Marta. You have some sort of uh, fame in the development community and you're not an unknown person, but uh, to those coming from the art world, give us a little bit of an understanding. How did you stumble into the vast plains of game development and what are you doing here anyway hmm. i don't know i've been stumbling here for the past 10 years i have no idea how that happened because always i wanted to be a okay i always wanted to make games since i saw the first amiga titles but you know being a girl in poland in the middle of nowhere that kind of a dream was a dream like being an astronaut so i thought to make the most reasonable thing silly me and actually became a scientist i am uh yeah i have a master's degree in experimental biology i'm a geneticist actually by by trade yeah (laughs) so first you actually took like a like a file to your mind you made it as sharp as possible and then you took this sharp mind to another field i was like haha no more petri dishes for me (laughs) unity instead you know, the idea was to be a scientist by day and make games by night as a hobby. But as I found out as a scientist, I was a quite hungry person. And one thing led to another, and I got into actual professional games 10 years uh, ago. I started from making some indie titles with my wife. We released three games on Android uh, before there was so many games. But, you know, my understanding of market was not the best as I created a permadeath freediving simulator for the mobiles for... Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Game. Hold on. A permadeath free diving simulator yeah it was also in pixel art so you can see that the uh, vn diagram of possible target audience and it's like five people so. uh, including me by the way so please send the link wonderful <laughs> nice uh, i can yeah i can send you send you the file uh because i forgot to sign some papers a few years ago on android so i, I don't think it's uh and it's still available but yeah this is how we started from the I kind of moved uh, to use my scientific background and help as a data analysis uh, in a free-to-play space, which I'm not quite fond of. Those are mostly hobbies, not games. I have quite strong opinions. So from there, I had big luck to land a job at 11-Bit Studios, 
which uh, with which I stayed for five years. I worked on Frostpunk as a senior society designer. I created, you know, all of those book of laws and uh, all of the horrible things that happened to those little people and all of the needs. Yada yada. Then I was a lead game designer in Eleven Bit Studios for a few years on an unannounced project that I cannot talk about. Uh, and for the past year, I moved to Ansha Studios to become a creative director. Uh, when now I work on a almost isometric tactical RPG game from the double A segment. And yeah. it sounds like uh, you moved all the way from free diving <laughs> roguelike uh, mobile games to triple double A. Double A. I double A, double don't a. want to. Oh, yeah, no. I don't consciously don't want to go to AAA. I had some options yeah. to, yeah. on some stage from 11-bit studios, move to AAA, but um, I'm still indie at heart. So I know that from indie perspective, a team of 40 people is not indie anymore. But for me, this is a perfect size, yeah. especially that with the current tools, uh, with that kind of a team, you can achieve amazing quality. Just, yeah. you know, the metahuman, the new Unreal, the... So good tools to make the game look amazing mm. with not a huge team. Look, yeah. Hellblade, it's not a huge yeah. uh, team that did the first part. Still, they did the Yeah, game. and I, yeah. I, assume, I assume with 40 people, you still have kind of a, like a personal connection and therefore also as a creative director, creative control, not with 700 people when you actually have to go through like a system of intermediates in order to even yeah. like interact with certain departments. So I, that's very, very understandable from your perspective. It's as a, a lot more personal, well. you know, working yeah. with people. I uh, And also I think it was always more rewarding for me to work in that kind of a team, not a greater team. And I hope this is the same for my team that you can actually make a difference and you are making an impact and not working on a line animating a horse for five years, yep. just one ankle of a horse. I yes. had a friend actually on uh, in EA who was an engine programmer who for four years of his life was working on physics of trousers for boxers. He was working on that fight night game and he mm. only thought about those trousers waving in the correct ways. <laughs> oh, I don't want that. <laughs> I, I wonder do, how, how does that affect your, your life? You know, you go about your life and every curtain speaks to you yes, in, 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 in a mathematical way, you know, like oh, yep. you see the, the flags and then you see the, The calculations behind it that must create like a very weird sense of being in the world to do this job yeah. Sorry, but i think it's obvious if you're working on boxers you're for four years then you just switch to briefs <laughs> that is also an option but every piece of fabric is a problem it's the same when you go out with lighting artists this happens quite quite often oh. when they say like oh yeah the ambient occlusion here is great and you're like <laughs> human that's life <laughs> how we are standing on the pg rating sorry because i just stopped an f-bomb from coming oh that's we can swear in any language oh, okay no it's okay uh, okay uh, as long okay. as it's in english as long as it's ah. in english oh i mean of course every 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 curse is welcome in this show you know we'll, we'll make it as dirty as you know we, we need but we already mentioned like menial jobs creating things being in control so this is these are the perfect keywords uh to kind of a segue into your creation which is called Bulldingo, the city builder of a walking man. <laughs> 
Yes, I had the honor to play test it just before we got started. And uh, it is degrading in a great way, you know? Like, uh, this is really strange. You see, you see this wonderful 3D environment, you know, which is beautifully crafted by you and your partner, is that and, right? Yeah, my wife did assets. My wife provided uh, the buildings and the island, you know, the, the 3D models for all of that and the color palette because I know three colors and she operates with colors wonderfully. Yeah. So all wonderfully done. And then you run as this, uh, as this uh, curious minion through the landscape and do the work of someone else, uh, essentially, by click, 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 click. This is, as someone who, you know, also doesn't work in a, a junior position anymore, I find it fairly rewarding to only do what I, you know, someone tells me. So I felt quite well until the moment when I realized that I have to eat and drink. And this is when I, when I died horribly and then, you know, someone was cursing me, this, this strange streamer person. So how did you... Like come about this particular idea of like making a game where you know uh, someone is like building a city, but you are the one who has to click, 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 click in order to build it. Yeah, so first of all, you know, I have a story with city builder games. Like Frostpunk wow. is a city builder. It yeah. was a huge part of my life for a few years, very important milestone for me, for which I'm very, very grateful. And just. And Frostpunk did not come from nothing in terms of me. I always loved city builders. Mm -hmm. I, I love that feeling of ant colony, that when you set up everything and you see them moving perfectly from point to point and that frustration of, okay, I optimize this traffic route perfectly. Why are you doing this weird shit, you little dipshit? And being like, move, you are destroying my vibe so that that was always a huge thing for me even from the settlers this is why the the buldingo looks like the settlers but d is weird mm -hmm. so that was that was one thing and of course as usual at the very beginning uh, a feature creep happened uh, with this project which is not there uh, anymore but there was a lot of uh, a lot more of decision space because there was that relation between the little human, the, the little human that you play and the streamer and the fact that he was constantly making harder decisions that hindered the joy of building things. And it was not fun. It was hard to understand. This is why I, I dropped it, not in that time frame to make it fun. But that relationship between the player character, the person that is playing the game, the streamer and the actual player, I know it sounds weird, but this is what's happening in the game. There's a, the weird liars of who is who I find absurd and delightful. And this, and also this game started actually from that intro. I found it on the lowest level funny. I found it funny that I show you the space, I show you the title, I'll show you the building menu, the resources is like, yeah. You are starting, this is going to be you, and poof, that bloody streamer shows up. He starts talking, and you are not the important one here. Go down, get the hammer, do the stupid thing. <laughs> so, yeah. So this is the triangular relationship, essentially. Like, there is a like a, like a fictitious person that is pretends to play the game, or is playing, like, a part of the game, essentially. And you, the actual player, are like a, like a, like a weird assistant to... Uh, this particular entity, yeah. This is uh, yeah. This goes around a few corners, I see. So, but you said you you had a different, and now we're moving into the uh, how actually was concept execution. 
so you said you had like a different uh, mechanic as well, where there was more of an interplay between them. Yeah, the, of course, the, the usual, the starting design was a little grander than this, because th this is a game that we should have done in 40 hours. Mm -hmm. I have to say, I <clears throat> fell in love in some systemic things, so it took around 60, and I'm still going to put another six today. But, <laughs> mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, the, the core was from there, from the very beginning. I actually have next to me my notes. The intro was one-to-one, -one, but what was also there, which is not in-game, uh, was the player frustration. Mm -hmm. uh, so the player, if you didn't do things that he wanted, got more frustrated. There were two kind of orders of buildings. Uh, so the player, the pl this is the, the, the fun about talking with this game. Let's call him the streamer. So the streamer frustration system and uh, the the fact that he could order buildings from two different lines. Now he has like a set uh, line of buildings that he will order depending on the game progress. In the first version, there was two of those. Some of them were to help the little people live in and some of them were to progress the game because the streamer has an end goal on the map. And uh, we, outside of building and feeding, filling our needs, were also able to protest to force him to put mm -hmm. things out of that other uh, queue. But that proved to be not very readable in that time scope. So mm -hmm. I decided to cut it out. And what also went with that was the fact that in the first version, you can even see it on Twitter, uh, the little dude, our character was talking. Mm -hmm. So uh, the streamer was talking, but there were also in space texts for him. But uh, that was kind of playing against the fantasy because mm -hmm. it kind of created uh, from that little white thing, a character, another character. And I wanted the player to be that little intern building. So that is something that got caught. But in terms of the process, it started with the base idea, a design uh, for the whole system. Then the design was break, break, broken down uh, to kind of coding system. So managers and components and then the whole thing got implemented, tweaked. I did it in a quite uh, general way. So I spent quite a lot of time at the very beginning building uh, a system that allows me to make any kind of a, a city builder game, which was not the smartest decision, but yeah, here we are. So then I just created tools for myself to create all of the buildings, all of the interactions without coding uh, anymore, just... Uh, yeah, a versatile system underneath that was absolutely not needed for this scope of project, but mm -hmm. I saw it and I wanted to do it from the kind of engineering prowess or something like that. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes had, you need uh... to flex the engineering muscle, you know? Uh, yeah, but as, yeah, but still the next six hours are going to be intense due to that because I <laughs> want to, at the final polish, the audio, as you know, is missing. So this is some final thing that I have to put and more of the texts. So uh, my inner producer is kind of screaming on myself. Uh, you, have a, you have a full game Thank studio you know. inside of your Saturn narrative. Designers, an engineer yeah. that goes crazy, and <laughs> a producer that gets angry on that, you know, uh, a creative there's also director. A VF, there's also the VFX artist that spent uh, definitely too much time on those little explosions. Ooh. Because... Uh, <laughs> Ah, and oh, yes. And also what was great for me in that project was uh, 
a new in inside uh, personality was born because this is my first 3D character that I rigged and animated. So oh. now, I, now I know how to 3D rig because I I don't do it usually on my I don't do it on my job. This is mm -hmm. so yeah. So there's a whole party inside of me. But uh, to be truthful, the animation that I did on my rig looked like Silent Hill 2. Uh, I think if you don't know how to animate everything sounds very creepy so my wife came in and fixed it and now it's yeah there are only the crazy eyebrows on the streamer if you look at him it's like <laughs> which is quite creepy well, yeah. it's perfectly charming as uh, you were saying something i forgot what i was saying i don't remember oh yeah <laughs> we like this is ray architecture and like sitting it up we're like on the previous like on the previous episode with uh, max robbins we were talking about how he did everything fast and that brought him problems uh, like with fast coding approach and you have absolutely vice versa and it's still problems. <laughs> yeah, you know, how to say, um, hmm, I, it's too detailed. So for example, those resources and needs uh, and there are actually chain of resources happening underneath that I can uh, configure like I want what uses what, what produces what. So in this simple version, you've got three resources and they just go from one point to another. That's all. But the system underneath supports full logistic chains, which is, I like city builders. And the inner producer was not quick enough to stop the muscle flexing engineer. So, yeah, and due to that, of course, I had a lovely idea for AI, how the other people will walk, because the idea is that you are only one builder. And there's the reason why you, there's only one builder, but you are in one builder and other characters, because there are other people in this little city, walk from point to point to fulfill their needs, go to sleep and all of that. And as I spend so much time on this architecture and proper content on all of that, the AI was done in an hour days ago they just pick a random point and uh, wobble from place to place and it also does the trick so perfect yeah if we feel it feels very busy and then at one point you go like hey why am i the only one working here what's going on <laughs> what are all the other people's doing and apparently they're like in a infinite strolling loop which is just fine you know that's that's if how it works look sometimes. at them they have different things in their hand you are the only builder. They have wine things. They have tree cutting things. I'm pretty sure I'm talking about the pot and an axe. Uh, so yeah, they have <laughs> pots and axes and hands. And you are the only only builder. Mm. Actually, due to the streamer, he picked only one builder because. Well, it's quite lazy. Uh, so you are a more advanced designer. So I'm going to ask you like a, a more advanced question. It might be tricky to answer. Oh God, um, I don't know. I'm the animator. <laughs> now, now you have to get the inner, the the inner uh, game, uh, uh, game, game theoretician out of the box. Uh, how do you handle the notion of fun in all of this? Like, uh, I'm because... not a fan of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great answer. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm a fan of engagement. Mm -hmm. I think games should be engaging and engagement is something that comes from many points, not only fun. Mm -hmm. uh, curiosity brings engagement, discomfort may feel, uh, may bring engagement on a very theoret theoretical side. Uh, when I think about engagement, I actually think about uh, anticipatory play. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, going after Brian Upton about his aesthetic of play where games are defined. I'm sorry, but game design, the um, 
if I go too far, just slap me with something. Oh, so, no, no, go all the way. Like, uh, no, no okay. barrels, no holding back. It's supposed to be a pretentious podcast. Go yes, for it. Uh, please. Okay, so uh, quotes, going please. there. Yeah, so uh, I said to play Brian Abton, he defines game as a free movement in a system of constraints, right? So this free movement is the ability for the player to change world states. And I'm not talking like about huge decisions like kill the king or not. Moving in space is a change of world state, right? Just a slight uh, movement. And the system of constraints comes from that, that we as designers, we design rules that create those states. That's that's about it and then the engagement comes from the fact that when i play i can imagine what next states i want to go in i do not conceptualize it like that of course as a player but i'm constantly making small plans in my head and then executing them they are failing not failing i'm adapting it's easiest to see it when you are playing chess right because the actual movement of a piece is not a very interesting thing. It may be physically uh, pleasurable and you can add particles, but it will, even in real life, you can add small explosions, but it will get uh, get old very quickly. But when the engagement comes in, that's the trick. The things that are happening in your game, when, uh, in your head when you are playing and looking on the board. And, and this kind of anticipatory plays comes from kind of two things because one thing is that strategical exploring of the states to get to the end that is something to we can talk about two hours but yeah but the other part of that is also um interpretation states right so you can approach in the same mindset of engagement any book any painting any movie this, this kind of puts a weird twist on the concept that games are the only interactive medium, that they're only engaging that way, because that kind of interaction with my mental state comes in every form of medium. But uh, interpretation states is that that you bring me new bits in information. It doesn't matter if it's a walking sim or is it a, a book. You give me that, and in my head, I'm still trying to figure out what you are trying to tell me, or in the simple version, who is the killer or something like that. And yeah, so getting back from this huge tangent, sorry for everybody that I lost at this moment, uh, what I think is important in games is engagement, but it's not fun. Games can be fun and that's great, but they don't have to be. I think if we are talking about huge budgets, a perfect study, like a you know the, the mainstream study of games not being fun uh, is The Last of Us 2. This mm. game is highly uncomfortable, which I love. I really like the second part, and it's engaging. But I'm not going to say it's fun to, fritz, uh, to slit someone's throat when he's screaming for his friend. If you Unless find that fun, then Exactly, then, then you should yes. seek medical help. Uh, yes, there well, are options. May I just say... In your face, Ralph Coster, if you listen, you know, in your face. Hello, Ralph. Uh, I don't know you. Nice to meet you, Ralph. <laughs> well, no more theories of fun. <laughs> um, ah, but it, uh, okay, but theory of fun is, it's okay. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's good. good. It's, it's good. good. It's not bad. It's another point of view. 
Sorry, I just I just wanted to uh, I wanted to spark some beef, you know, like they have in battle rap and stuff. But uh, obviously, that's not working in game. uh, uh games. Yeah. Not that often. Then. But coming uh, back to uh, the topic of fun and engagement, so how, how is that? Uh, how are you dealing with the engagement then on this level where you actually amputate the player's choices <laughs> and just let them execute? Is that the absurdity of it that at the end of the day? Yep. In the end of the day, that's that. That's exactly that absurdity. And I consciously kept the game quite short. You can finish it in around 20 minutes. So the joy of clicking and the engagement of seeing what the streamer is going to say is still there. Mm -hmm. But there's no choice. The, the only thing, the only very small choices that you have are what to build first and There are three such a choices in this game. And just to be able to drink and eat and rest. That's all. But that amputation of player's agency uh, was the focus. Because, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that, it's wonderful. That, like, Anti-agency like, yeah. uh, part. It's, uh, it's fantastic. Also, like, the agency that somebody has is the streamer, which I think like for a lot of people, like, no, no shade to any streamers. But like the general observant uh the general observancy of uh, streamers is that like there will not be good decisions made that you have to fulfill <laughs> yeah i think it's something that could be explored in a in a broader context context uh, and i think i will add a little bit and kind of refine it and polish because i think the there are some interesting things to say outside of the comedic value in terms of that streamer and the uh, chessboard dynamic but yeah that's that's after the next six to twelve hours of polishing almost done <laughs> and whoever's listening to it might actually already be able to play it because uh, this will come out in july so it ah so it's crossed. already available yes in a we we are now speaking in the future it's quite confusing we are you are <laughs> listening in july while we are talking in june Uh, okay. the, the confusion of uh, uh, modern audio recording. Uh, I had another question, uh, which was uh, seeps through brain. What was the question again? Oh yes, is this is this something you want to pursue any further? Uh, this particular project and its its concept, or is this like a like a when it's done, it's done, and then you'll wave it goodbye and it will like be free in the world? So it depends on the state that I find it in on the deadline. So if I'm, how happy I am with that. Uh, but I think this is, this is not a formula to be expanded in a full-fledged game. I think the joy of it is an absurdity, but that uh, anti-autonomy, it's not something that can create a lot of engagement, mm -hmm. maybe in some episodic format. Because I started to play around with how this kind of format would look with different genres, what I would do in a horror story if the streamer was playing me, who I would be. I couldn't be the monster because I would be playing against and that's a different dynamic. But am I a silly flashlight in Alan Wake for the streamer? I don't know. <laughs> so uh, that kind of very... You could, you could be a, pe a piece of fog that just drifts through the water. That's the only yeah. thing you can control. It's like, oh, I'm so scary. Look at my atmosphere. <laughs> Yeah, I like, can be, you know, the ring of light around the character <laughs> something. I can oh be the health bar. There are some... <laughs> oh my God, so, the health bar. Yeah, there, there are some silly things to play around there because I find that kind of deconstruction of genres be also quite interesting. 
but we will see. And on the other hand, uh, I have that underlying city building system in there. So, yeah, I That's think fantastic. I would like to use it for something totally not looking like building go. But... I, think the, I think the health bar stuff is, is amazing. Uh, if you hear weird sounds in the background, I'm currently assaulted by a child, which is my own child. Uh, it's Mousy. the whole story. okay? <laughs> <laughs> So and now we have all the languages. On the uh, now we have all the languages. <laughs> ah, no, no. That's it. Now. I just said that we now we have all of the languages. <laughs> wonderful. Sisa, wonderful. Que buena onda, as the Argentinians would say. But well, this is quite interesting. I love the idea with the health bar, and I'm and I'm going to obsess it's about the health bar game. <laughs> Please like go do thing. it. When I went like for the thesis with absurd root with baby labor and yeah. duct date, like there was a moment when I was, but like my focus was not anti agency, my focus was anti power fantasy, mm-hmm. kind of like uh, how uh, like how can I switch the perspective to some horrible person and how can I punish them for it, uh, in, in this kind of sense. But like anti agency is like even though like for a writer this makes total sense, like take away all the agency and you're just writing a linear story. What fun! Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> I also wanted to follow with like a question about the work-life balance because like you are the one who has a full-time job yes. in a video game sector and you're making a video game in your free time effectively. Like uh, on the one hand, it's like it, and like I know you do Pico Eight projects, uh, like a Pico Eight in one tweet, and I think I have seen some petri dishes with similar people mm-hmm. on your Twitter at some point. Um, like I know that it's not like the first time that you are doing it. Uh, like in a sense, this feels in a, like inevitable end. Of, but also like I, I was surprised when you joined when you when you <laughs> applied anything. So like, uh, what was your? Uh, and this is probably like less uh, less lofty. But what was your thinking about thinking when you were like applying and when you were like I got accepted? Of like in terms of how do I make it while I have also the work and uh, this so, kind of stuff. <laughs> There are a few things, few things here. First, the life-work balance thing is something that got very important for me for the past few years, especially during the pandemic. I think we all got kind of perspective because uh, I actually, things like Buildingo, I don't find them as work. Uh, I mm-hmm. love doing those things. It's not work for me, but I had problems. You know, the modern game development culture is... Uh, it is what it is. So I had problems in that department. So uh, in that space, a lot of us has uh, changed. Now I'm a fully remote person. I just come to the uh, office from time to time. This is why I joined a new company to kind of regain that space to explore also games in a more happy and fun way. And when I saw uh, that there's there's an option to get that kind of... uh, opportunity to make an absurd game uh, i looked at the tweet and i have a flashback of that graveyard of all of my projects that are not finished and they just been starting to be done on my computer there's a lot of gifts on twitter if you scroll through my twitter there's a lot of corpses if you know what to look for so i thought mm-hmm. huh i would get a deadline and mm-hmm. something, someone would hold me accountable so Hmm. So that was the reason, and you know, an absurd game sound sounded lovely. And when I got in, I I actually was in uh, in Katowice, in the place that I work now, 
in the walkers home so i got up not in my home i don't i had no idea where i am i looked on the email i said you got in i said polish or kurva and i had no idea mm -hmm. i got into what because i did not remember <laughs> so there was a little bit confusion but after 10 minutes uh, a panic set in how i'm going to fit it in and then yeah and then it was good but still today I'm going to crunch. <laughs> well, but happy crunch, and that's on me. <laughs> you have a lot of applause from us, you know, because this looks this looks amazing, and it's also uh, I really appreciate how you engaged in our tiny work in progress community. So, because it I think it means a lot also for the others that uh, there's people coming, you know, from a very different career perspective. They're just making their first games, and the fact that they are there's people also from like the other side of the the other end of the career spectrum already <laughs> quite advanced that there's such an engagement amongst the different uh, participants that it means a lot to the the newer ones as well you know, that gives them gives them a good boost so thank you for your generosity mm -hmm. in that as well um yes we're slowly approaching the end of our time frame is there any last questions from your side Zinia, before we wrap this up how do you keep it a hobby like the stuff that you do on the side, the absurd games, this stuff. Pico8 gave me that. Because I I had that moment when I woke myself uh, very, very strongly in like professionals, very serious manners. You know, I do lectures, I publish some things and all of that. And it kind of on, in a one moment, everything became professional everything that i have done in unity every test it still had that tent in the back of my mind being like huh maybe i can translate it to the project xyz that i'm doing at my job every go to a conference was like hey maybe i will bring new people to the company and all of that and that got very bad for me i mm. uh, it's i got in not a very very good place in that kind of a balance and i thought that i got burned out but i found pico somewhere along the way also to took a very long break few like three weeks few years ago to kind of put it this shit together and i found pico 8 and what i what why i loved it is the fact that there's no practical application doesn't matter how strong you are going to clench your butt cheeks, that skill that you are getting in writing those tweets, uh, like tweet cards, those, you know, visualization that fit in a tweet, they're not going to be useful anywhere, like actually anywhere, because most of the tricks that we are finding and we are doing now are the tricks that made the games of the 90s to look so good. No one cares on that level of manipulation. And that kind of brought, brought me back to the joy of creating on my PC. And then from there, I also, thanks to my wife, she's a sane woman, I built a lot healthier relationship with all of that. It was, you know, the past few years, then the pandemic happened, which kind of solidified what is important for me in my life. And now, yeah, making Bildingo was, was fun outside of that moment when I thought the date was different. 
because I'm the oh, person I'm who confused the dates. No, 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 it was fun. I, <laughs> but I got very scared that my planning is not going to work. Yes, and we would have punished you with the hardest possible means if you would have failed the deadline. We could, but I I mean, would, of course we wouldn't. <laughs> I would fail myself. I would stand in the mirror and be like, no, the deadline got skipped. So yeah, missed. terrible, terrible. Well, everyone yes. kept to the deadline. And uh, Marta Fijak, it was a pleasure to have you on and uh, to those still tune in I say please come back we need you listening otherwise everything we do is meaningless good day good evening and good night bye bye bye, bye. bye. find me bye. on twitter bye bye, bye. <laughs>